0: I have made the executive decision, based on your word and the word of others, never to ask a friend to help me move. Now, if friends want to help me move, whether next month or any at any point in the future... I am by no means going to deny their services.
1: Mm-hmm. But Just don't offer. Yeah. I am not going to ask anyone to help me move. Well, one of the friends ways you're out there. Don't of that, ask friends to help them move. That's right. And you don't have a truck. That's one of the reasons why I would never get a truck. Now, I've had a truck in the past, you know, way back in high school, but I would never get a truck because people think you're a moving company. You know, your friend, hey, man. Now use your truck. Hey, I'll get you a six pack. That used to be the offer. Like, no thanks, dude. I can uh, I can get the six pack myself. And the weekends are not made for hard labor. I mean, about the most labor I'm going to do is like swinging a golf club. That's it. I'm not lifting. Now, have I done it in the past? Yes, but I finally decided. You know what? I'm not helping anybody move, and I'm not asking anybody else to help me move either. Friends. Don't ask friends to move each other.
0: And I won't need a truck. At least not at this point in my life. I don't have anything I'm just saying because large don't enough. don't
1: get one because people will think that the sign on the side of the door says Parker Thune Moving Company if you do that.
0: Yeah, well look, I'm not a truck type of person anyway. Many have made light of the fact on social media and elsewhere that I drive a mom car. It's an Nissan Rogue. Is it a bit of a mom car? Admittedly so. But to me, much like wearing the color lavender, Steely, it's a sign of masculinity when you can wear the color lavender, drive a mom car, etc., and not feel insecure about it. I My tell car you, is sign
1: to pa- me that somebody's a wimp, is what it is. <laughs> My car is very lavender,
0: practical. Are you kidding me? It's got lots of space. It gets good fuel mileage. It's reliable. It's exactly what I need in a vehicle. Yeah, I don't care if it loops me into the stereotypes with soccer. So the
1: white Buffalo is a company vehicle is what you're saying, because I I thought that was also the personal vehicle. Or did I miss out on the Buffalo diet or what? No, the Buffalo didn't die. What What are you talking about? What is the name of your vehicle? The the buffalo is a yes, the Nissan the white Rogue. Buffalo. Okay, yes. I don't know. I thought that was like a sedan or something. I'm not very smart. I'm not a smart man. You haven't
0: seen it out in the
1: I had, but lot? I thought you had like another vehicle, and like the buffalo was like you know a company vehicle. I don't know Nissan Rogue. I don't know. I didn't know that was an SUV. Now I know. We- Micah from Conewago the text line says, "I'll help Parker move if he can guarantee me that OU lands David Stone on air right now." Moving is the worst, the absolute worst. And that's why, you know, Shay and I, because we're getting up in age, we're thinking, you know, should we downsize? And we're like 65 because this house is too big for two people. It really is, particularly when you get older and even getting up the stairs is difficult. But I thought, no, no, I am not going to move. I'm not going to do it again. I'm just not going to do it. Somebody right. in the 918
0: said, Parker, you could trade moving help for insider information, <laughs> and the text line would be
1: there in droves. Yeah, Imagine that's the possibilities. True. You know what? That's 100% accurate right there. All right. We better start talking recruiting before we start getting you know people on the text line. Hey, move move on to something else like recruiting, all right? Okay. So, uh, Wyatt Gilmore, is that the news? Oklahoma looking good for the uh, four-star defensive end looking very good and i can for i can foresee a
0: decision coming in the not too distant future at this point defensive
1: student. end rogers minnesota four stars
0: and it i i don't know if i've asked you this before i might have just asked tyler i feel like i need to ask you because you are by far the oldest member of the staff thank you therefore I will say you also have the best memory. You've got a steel trap memory, and you're very, very old, which means any historically relevant question pertaining to OU athletics is a question that belongs to you, that warrants asking to you. When was the last time
1: the Sooners signed a player from the state of Minnesota? Man, that is a good question, because I knew the direction you were going there, and I can't recall. Somebody else, we've got a million minds on the text line, and they can let us know. Last Minnesota Sooner, please. The last me. Minnesota Sooner. Because I
0: know it predates me. It's got to be. I know that.
1: It's got to be. There's going to be somebody pretty big that we, uh, or that I'm forgetting about. But let us know, text line. Ken Ippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, always available to you, 405-651-3439. All right, Xavier Robinson, decision tomorrow. Feel good about Oklahoma. 90% more? More. Really? So, Xavier Robinson. Um, what's going on with Taylor Tatum? Are we still playing a waiting game there, the number one running back in the country? Although Texas fans will tell you it's Jarek Gibson, the running back <laughs> from IMG. To the, according to whom? Uh, according to the Texas Which fans, recruiting service? He's the four-star running back from IMG Academy. But they would say, oh, we just got Bud Wilkinson, yes, was from the state of Minnesota. You're right. Big Rich, but he's not a player. So, that's a good call, though. We're going to talk about Bud a little bit later on because I've got, uh, well, I'll get into it a little bit later. It's it's a Sooner History lesson. So Xavier Robinson, Caden Durham visited LSU over the weekend. That did happen. And?
0: And it is what it is.
1: Still think Oklahoma might have a slight lead or is it a, they like a I lap think, ahead I if think it's NASCAR? I think you a sizable lead. Right do now. you really? Yes, so, I do. There you go. All right. Uh, Williams Winery was in georgia this weekend it was an official visit it was more of a family type thing but yes you would think that kirby smart and company knew that uh he was there obviously and they probably planned around that but you don't know anything official yet right so
0: i have not had the chance to catch up with will and won't until he gets back into kansas city this afternoon on the flight So at that point, you know, ask me tomorrow and I might have some better insight. But in talking to people around Nwennary, there's still a very predominantly OU vibe there. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, there were bedwetters on the text line and on the message boards elsewhere that were saying, oh, another visit to Georgia. It's over. He's going to be a bulldog. A lot of those same people were the same people that were conceding that Will was going to be a vol a month ago based on the official visit schedule and the word of Steve Wiltfong, which admittedly, Steve is one of the best, if not the absolute best in the game. So what he says is worth paying attention to. However, when he says Tennessee has a slight lead for a prospect, even if that's true, that's not cause to say, okay, screw it. Why even bother? Oklahoma's not getting this kid anyway.
1: What do we think is the worst level? Would it be the Boomer Doomers or the Boomer Bedwetters? (laughs) Boomer Doomers rolls off the tongue better. Okay but the boomer be- the boomer the the boomer bedwetters might be the lowest level right lowest level i and you just in, coined in that phrase that's on you you just use bedwetters but if you put boomer and bedwetters together that's probably about as low as you can go so jim in arlington says steelman how about the last time oh you played minnesota in the old metro dome yeah and that was the 80 80- 85 Season, I believe, was it? Oh, 84. It? Maybe 84. 84. But we talk about that, you know, time and time again because they started that was their season opener. Minnesota had a quarterback, Ricky Foggy. Lou Holtz was the coach at Minnesota. And the Sooners won a fairly boring game. Troy Aikman was the quarterback for OU. And then you had that game starting the season opener, season opener on September 28th. September 28. It was televised on TBS back in the day. I think what happened was the Sooners had an earlier game scheduled, 85 season, thank you. Um, you know, it, um, it was a TBS game, and again, the Sooners won the game, but I think they had an earlier game that was scheduled with SMU that they moved to the last game of the season in early December is why the Sooners started the season that late. So we so, have an answer. Okay.
0: I don't know if it I don't know with one hundred percent certainty if it is the correct answer. It'll need to be vetted. But Grill Boy himself, Travis Davidson, texted to say that Gordon Brown was the last Minnesota Sooner from sixty three to sixty five.
1: Okay. That see, I would have been two years old. So. so that
0: is going back almost sixty years. It has been a good long time since the Sooners rostered a player from the state of Minnesota, if Grill Boy Travis Davidson is to be believed.
1: Somebody said from the 580, Al Eshbach would have known who came out of Minnesota from the 580. Yes, Al's older than me. I love Al, but Al's older than me. And you spelled Minnesota M-I-N-I-S-O-T-A. So, Minnesota. A, Minnesota. I think that was probably sarcastic, I'm hoping. All right. Uh, so... You know what? We're going to have to more recruiting stuff bleeding over into the next segment because I got a lot more stuff to get to. Well, tonight. we
0: got a lot more boomer bedwetters. We do.
1: Like this one from the 405 who says, "OMG, Will and
0: Stone, neither of them are coming to OU. Fans are just getting set up for a big disappointment."
1: Here we go. Well, you know what? We'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. They they clearly need to get some interior defensive linemen. there's no doubt sooner fans are anxious. So we shall see. All right, want to thank Last Year Home Comfort Systems 405. Five seven nine thirty one thirteen for all your heat and air needs, it's Lasher Home Comfort Systems. More recruiting on the way. What's up with Taylor Tatum? What's up with Jay Sean Ross, Zion Raggins, Devon Mitchell's got a decision coming up in early July, Xavier Robinson tomorrow. Texas had an interesting weekend. We'll talk about that. And a big disparity in national recruiting rankings. We will get into that as well when we get back. Monday edition, Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network, Riverwind Casino, over 2,800 electronic games. They're actually getting closer to 3,000 more room on the gaming floor. It looks unbelievable out there. The new renovation is uh, spectacular. They always have the best games, both the electronic and your favorite table games, best bars and dining, world-class hotel, incredible service, great promotions. At Riverwind Casino, there's always a good time and cash bonus play and prizes to be won. Great show to bring back the Showplace Theater. Last Friday, Earth, Wind & Fire. Next up, Collective Soul. Tickets available July 21st. Josh Turner, tickets available July 28th. We also have tickets available for the Counting Crows in August on August 25th. And Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, and Aaron Lewis on down the road. Tickets available for those great shows at the Showplace Theater. What a great thing to have the Showplace Theater back. Get those tickets at riverwind.com or at the box office there inside the casino. Next Beats and Bite show will be a big one July 8th. Mark Chestnuts with Shannon and Tracy Bird. You'll have a tremendous fireworks display afterwards. And then we have a show for uh, Gary Allen at Beats and Bites 2023 presented by Coop Aleworks coming up August 26th. Uh, tickets for those shows are only 10 bucks, so get uh, yours now for Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird July 8th. And Gary Allen, August 26th. Kids under 12, get in free. It's a great time outdoors at Beats and Bites. If you haven't been out there, you're missing out. And uh, great. Value for your entertainment dollar there at Beats and Bites 2023, presented by Coop Aleworks Outdoors at Riverwind. All right, four oh five six five one thirty four thirty nine, 405-651-3439, Meyer Chevrolet Tax Line. All right, so what is what again is the Taylor, Taylor Tatum story right now? Is it just the waiting is the hardest part, Tom Petty, or what? I love that you quoted Tom Petty. Thank you. I expect nothing less
0: from you in that circumstance. I'm glad you delivered. But yeah, it's really now just about waiting for the decision timeline from Taylor Tatum. And the initial thought was that it was going to happen this past weekend. And as I mentioned on Friday, all the predictions that were flying in in OU's favor for Taylor Tatum kind of kicked that timeline back a little bit. The kid got a little gun shy. And so as of right now, there is no set timetable. It's very much indefinite. But this is also not the type of process that I would expect to drag out. So Within a matter of weeks, potentially days, I, it, who knows? kid could wake up tomorrow and be like, whatever, I don't care about the social media narrative. I'm just going to commit. But uh, more often, more likely than not, I would say that by the end of the month of July, one way or another, Taylor Tatum is in the glass at Oklahoma.
1: Now, I think the uh, general recruiting fanatic out there, the GRF, would assume that the longer this goes on, the worse it gets for Oklahoma. Is that the case? Or is that just kind of conventional thinking? If somebody doesn't commit, you know, Taylor Tatum we're talking about here, in the next week or two weeks, the longer this drags out, the more Mule Sue or somebody else has a chance. Is that accurate? Or do you think that's semi-accurate?
0: If you haven't heard anything in terms of an announcement date being set or we don't have any tangible update within the next seven to ten days then i would say okay understandably you're starting to squirm in your seat a little bit because can't help but wonder what's taking so long but i i still do think things are to a point in the process at which it would be very, very difficult for Mule Shoe or anyone else to reverse the trend here.
1: There you go. All right. So still feeling good about Taylor Tatum. Okay. Uh, looking over recruiting stuff over the weekend. Uh, why is 247 ranking Oklahoma 43, and why is On3 uh, ranking the Sooners number 19?
0: Well, because of discrepancies amongst how you evaluate the prospects. Golly, that's right? a, a pretty it's a big steep discrepancy. discrepancy. It is. No, it is. Wow. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Obviously, I, I don't work for either 24 seven or on three rivals. So you guys sure. have OU where? Uh, offhand, I don't. I think it's somewhere in the early 30s. So mm-hmm. maybe like split the difference okay. between the two. But I I could not tell you why there is such a significant gap between yeah. the on three
1: consensus. I mean, I can see 10 spots, but that's uh, you know that's 24 spots. It's you're right. That's discrepancy in all caps right there. So the suitors right now, you have committed Michael Hawkins, the quarterback, uh, Zion Kearney, the wide receiver, Jaden Hardy, the safety, all those kids from Texas. They just got linebacker James Nesta committed out of Cornelius, North Carolina. Uh, the first commit they got out of the gate was Jeremiah Newcomb, the uh, the cornerback out of the state of Arizona. They got K.J. Daniels. From uh, the state of Louisiana, the small speedster. Uh, from Tupelo, Mississippi, they got offensive tackle Isaiah Autry. And last week, along with James Nesta, they got a commitment from Dozie Azukama, the wide receiver out of Fort Worth. So it looks like Xavier Robinson would be next tomorrow. That would put Oklahoma at nine. Do we know a timeline uh, on why White- Gilmore? I I'll Uh-oh.
0: just I, I, I will I will say this and only this, and I will not elaborate further. I think someone will precede Xavier Robinson hmm. in terms of their commitment to Oklahoma.
1: So, ladies and gentlemen, get out your climbing equipment. We're going to have to scale that paywall. If you want to climb this mountain, how much is it per month now? You've 9 95 You've got a good rate going, right? Or no, 8 dollars
0: if you purchase annual.
1: Eight thirty-three, ladies and gentlemen. You'll scale the paywall and you'll get the information. But do you have that information there yet? I'm just asking. Yes. Okay. Uh is it uh is it a defensive end? Uh on the topic of defensive ends. Oh, listen- look at a quick change right there, ladies and gentlemen. There's a
0: listener in the 918 that says apparently Nigel Smith is trending away from OU. We get at least one of
1: these texts every few days. Nigel Smith trending away from OU. No, he's not. Okay, so I want to play the game that we played Friday, and I forgot to ask you for match game music, but we can do it without the game show music. So let's do what I we can did Friday. I can dig up the game show right. music; it won't take. I long. like the match game theme. I think it's pretty good, and it's it's a good, solid, generic. See, Jeopardy maybe a little too like. Yeah, try the match game. We'll see how that one works up. Match game music, uh, game show theme. Okay, let's see if that. There we go. Ten minutes of it. Oh, perfect. Very nice. Okay, let's make sure this is what you're looking for here. Yes, perfect. Okay. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the game show Sweeping the Recruiting Nation. Good chance, decent chance, or no chance. I'm your host Wink Steelmandale. How we doing? All right, good chance, decent chance, no chance. Will Oneary. Good chance. David Stone. Good chance. Dominic McKinley. Decent chance. He was at Texas over the weekend. Joseph Jonah Ajonye. No chance. Nigel Smith. Good chance. Danny Okoye. Good chance. Jaden Jackson.
0: Decent chance.
1: And that, ladies and gentlemen, is another installment of good chance, decent chance, or no chance.
0: I like it. It's catchy. I feel like we need an extra category, though. Okay. Because it feels weird to me, for instance, to be putting Nigel Smith in the same good chance category as Danny Okoye. Because, yes, if you ask me whether – do I leave
1: anybody out, by the way? I mean – I mean, if you're talking about uh, when Aerie is an edge guy – So, if we're putting edge guys in there, I also should have put Jay Sean Sean Ross and Wyatt Gilmore in there. Good chance?
0: I plead the fifth on both of those. Okay. For entirely different
1: reasons. Hmm. Okay. Well, Gilmore might be the greatest Gilmore since David Gilmore from Pink Floyd. What about Happy? Uh, happy is pretty good, and there is a real happy out there, of course, we know now. But uh, so J. Sean Rice... You know, there is a future cast for him out there. Cherokee Sooner says, have a category for Mule Shoe tampering. Oh, uh, We're going to get to uh, Mule Shoe here in a minute, I think. Can we play Mule Shoe's theme? I have it listed under 626. It's What? Yes, it's 626 it- Mule Shoe branded theme. And this was one of our listeners reminded me of this. So, yeah, we're going to run this. It's the Mule Shoe branded is it, theme. It
0: never rains in Southern California? No, it's
1: this one for Mule Shoe. Branded, scorned as the one who ran. What do you do when you're
2: branded? Wherever you go for the rest of your life, you
0: must prove you're a
1: man. That's not happening until they start playing some defense. He is scorned as the one who ran. Right? He and Kevin Durant, which one committed the biggest felony against the state of Oklahoma?
0: It's Muleshoe, by far. I think so, too. KD left for a better situation. Muleshoe left for more money.
1: I do think that they're both traitorous activities against the state of Oklahoma. So, again, neither should be allowed back, in my opinion. Okay, 405-651-3439 on the Caniple-Meyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, so, did I leave anybody out in that uh, good chance, decent chance, no chance on the defensive line prospects? I'm, we had Winary, we had Stone, McKinley, Jonier, Nigel Smith, Jaden Jackson, Danny Okoye. Uh, we kind of threw in Wyatt Gilmore and Jay Sean Ross.
0: That's a pretty exhaustive list. Offhand, I can't think of anybody that you forgot. Or if you left anybody out, it's it's not springing to mind. Good. Oh, Zena
1: O'Mozulu. Okay. And good chance, decent chance, no chance.
0: I'm going to say good chance. Hmm. Okay. I'm on the fence between decent and good, but I'll so go with good.
1: The Sooners still have some good ABs, rights, left with a lot of these – really highly touted defensive line prospects, whether it's interior defensive linemen or some of the edge guys. All right, we got to take a break on that note, 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. What's gonna happen with the Big 12 preseason media football poll? The media. What a bunch of losers. The media. Ain't ever played the game. Bunch of wimps. We'll talk about that because I think I think we'll be able to guess what's gonna happen in the top five. Just the order might be the toughest part. We'll talk about that when we get back right here on the ref. I thought uh, Paul Rudd said it was Tom Sae. Tom Sae. Who was that? I Love You Man, was that the name of the movie he was in? Where they went backstage and met Rush. Good movie if you haven't seen it. Jason Siegel. Good stuff. All right, Parker Thune with me. Mike Steely here, Steelman and Thune. And uh, good to have you along. First hour presented by Lasher Home Comfort Systems 405 579 3113. By the way, the uh, Mule Shoe branded theme. By the way, you want to play that one more time? People may. What? I'm just joining. What's the Mule Shoe branded theme? Well, this is another just a theme we created for a Mule Shoe here. Brandon scorned as the one who ran. Do you do when you're branded? Wherever. Too bad we're not hanging on to that too long, you know. It's been a while now since he's been gone, but still he he did scorn he's definitely scorned as the one who ran. But you know what? In the long term, the sooners will be better off for it. That, ladies and gentlemen, is our Ortho Central clip of the day, presented by Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now that Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full service clinics do a great job. Treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Thank you to Ortho Central. All right, before we talk about uh, the Big 12 preseason media poll, which it won't be too long before it's out, what letter grade, Plank and Josh were talking about this, so, you know, I, I'm a thief, I'll steal, because I've got the recruiting expert on with me right here, uh, giving the OU recruiting effort so far a letter grade. What do you think? What do you think letter grade-wise Right now, for Oklahoma, in terms of the eight kids they have uh, committed right now.
0: So, you're talking about just 2024?
1: Yes. Exclusive
0: to this cycle? Yes,
1: just this cycle. We know that 2023 was an
0: A. I would say a minus. Because, on the whole, it's been good. I think you've positioned yourself really well for some high profile prospects that are destined to announce at some point in the month of july or potentially august so
1: none of this some point i'm talking about right now the exam has happened through right now this semester eight commitments
0: okay but like how do you grade it when so many of the assignments are incomplete
1: well because the grade can improve when the assignments are completed it's very easy so right now i'm going to give it a c a C, huh? C, maybe a C plus. Okay, because they didn't get Bryant Wesco? Well, if you look at the misses, they missed on Wesco and they missed on Zedavian Sims. And that's really but, it, mm, right? Nah, I, I mean, I you can't throw that. like Sammy Brown in there because that was a, sure. a a long shot, I, right?
0: I would say the two big ones that they didn't get were Bryant Wesco and Peyton Pierce.
1: Peyton Pierce, me, yeah. See, I've totally forgot about Peyton Pierce. It's been so long ago.
0: Yeah, to me Zedavian Sims, that that one just doesn't really sting like the others. Like Wesco and Pierce. Yeah, Pierce is a bigger one,
1: too. And Bryant Wesco, again, at one point, I don't know where he is now, but he was the number one-ranked national player, not wide receiver player. So, I don't know, C-plus for me, but we'll see.
0: Okay. Uh, If we're tossing out and completely disregarding the assignments that are yet unfinished, as it were, I
1: will give it a B. Okay. Solid B. All right. That works. Okay, so the uh, the media you've seen some of the media people. Here's how I voted in the preseason poll. Uh, so it's not going to be long. I'm not sure when. Usually, you know, when we get the, uh, you know, when we get to July and we go to media days, it'll be announced just before media days or whatever. But I'm not sure the exact date. But I think it's going to look like this. It's going to be Texas number one, K State number two. Or maybe K-State. Now, I think the issue being there is that Texas has Kansas State at home on the schedule. So, I'm going to say it's going to be Texas one, K-State number two, defending champions. Uh, Yes, they lost Deuce Vaughn, uh, the great defensive end, uh, whose name I can never pronounce. Uh, But they also... Oh, Felix NUDK Uzama. Yes. See, I don't want to say that. Um, But great player. And then I think the Sooners or TCU will be third and then probably Texas Tech five. What do you think? I think maybe TCU third because of the lingering taste of six and seven for OU. What do you think?
0: I, can you comfortably put TCU that high? I guess
1: I, you, you I can make a case. But it's it's all you about recent memory. They Even though they got absolutely obliterated by Georgia, um, I'm going to say Texas one, K-State two, TCU three. OU 4 in a very close vote, and then tag number 5. Am I missing something? kind of a
0: mysterious year in the Big 12, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Not only is it tough to pick that team, that being obviously the team that you'd project as the Big 12 champion in 2023, not only is it difficult to project that team that wins it all, but it's also difficult to project an upper echelon. There are so many teams that could just as easily go – 9-3, 10-2, Nine and three, ten and two, as they could go five and seven, six and six. To me, Texas Tech is a perfect example, right? Mm-hmm, Yeah, that team's got some firepower.
1: Joey McGuire's doing a nice job there, and they've got culture. And so, this could be they're sand Aggies, though, according to the uh, Longhorn fans. Which, again, I, l- I just heard that in the last two weeks, and I think it's great.
0: Yeah, and I, I, so I look at Texas Tech as a team that's got a really, really high ceiling but also a relatively low floor comparative mm-hmm. to the rest of the top flight contenders in the conference. I also think it's a pivotal year for Dave Aranda and Baylor because I normally I wouldn't be putting a coach on the hot seat one year removed from a Big 12 title, but some of the things I've heard that about Baylor organizationally right now as a football program lead me to believe that Aranda might have a shorter leash than many would anticipate.
1: Really? Yeah. What do you what do you mean organizationally? Like he's they've got a problem with their organization or the organization has a problem with Aranda?
0: No, no, no. no. The organization does not have a problem with Aranda. It's just things aren't running as seamlessly within the walls of whatever their equivalent but Dave of the Aranda, center it, it, is. Dave Aranda's is, a robot. How
1: can they not be running smoothly? That, I'm sure everything's that. on computer
0: and he runs it through his brain. Honestly, man, like that was the biggest question for me when I started hearing that stuff. So I was like, yeah. really?
1: Like under Aranda's watch? I mean you would think things are this disjointed? You would think that, yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet 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 text line. Uh, what's the latest on Winere just got here? Mr. Spicoli you're late for class, all right? We're talking about Cuba right here, okay? You can't walk into class late and try and catch up with the rest of the class, all right? You be here at noon, and we will answer your question, maybe 12.05, all right? Just saying. Now, the latest on one is... You're going to talk to him tonight, but there's nothing really there that we know right now, correct?
0: No, it's it's very, very hard to read anything coming out of the weekend just because I haven't had the chance to get it straight from the horse's mouth. But, yeah, I still like Oklahoma there and will. I will continue to favor Oklahoma. Until I have substantial reason to believe otherwise, I believe Oklahoma occupies the top spot in that recruitment.
1: Okay, uh, Sam and Edmund. Hey, Parker. Canes twenty four seven quoting Mitchell that the Canes moved to his number one spot. What say you? That's interesting. We're talking about Devon Mitchell, <laughs> right? Yeah, I July mean July eight for his decision too is what we've been told anyway.
0: Yeah, no, and like I saw, I saw that quote. Is it reason for concern? Yeah. It is, if you're an OU fan, because any time a kid comes out and openly says, this school school is now my number one, regardless of whether or not you believe it, the very fact that he would say it on the record is reason for you to be a little bit apprehensive. I put out some feelers today on Devon Mitchell. I will continue to, but remember, I've long said I I favor Oklahoma there, but the one thing that could – ruin the Sooners best laid plans with regard to Devon Mitchell is life wallet.
1: And who so. has a lot of money in that wallet? Miami, right? No doubt. So um, you know, a lot of times you see this though, Parker, your kid gets on a visit and he gets on a rush for that school for twenty four yeah. hours or whatever. But Miami usually backs that with a pretty good offer too, right? Yeah. If they really want you. Yeah. They, they've got maybe Miami might be number one in NIL. They're up there. They're mm, you know, up there in the top, they're three, top or four. three. They're top three. A M um, Texas, Miami, I Tennessee, just, Oregon. Who am I missing?
0: I'm so i I'm distracted because somebody on the text line said Texas also calls Baylor church Aggie. <laughs> 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 oh, oh man, it.
1: what is I gotta admit, that's pretty good from the Longhorn fans, you know? It is T C U then excommunicated Aggie? I don't know, but sand aggies for Tech, I'd never heard that until like two weeks ago, and I thought that was spot on. All right. We should take a break right here to stay on the clock. Uh, we're going to get right back to your text, 405-651-3439. You guys are doing an unbelievable job. I'm just messing with you, Air Jordan's guy. But Spicoli did come in and laid, and Mr. Hand made him pay, took his pizza away. They were talking about Cuba, right? All right. Break right here. Coming back, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Jesse Crittenden coming up at 135. Stay with us right here on The Ref. All respect to Lemmy. That man was a legend. Motorhead. I'm trying to see if they still had the Loudest decibel level ever in a concert. Lemmy was a very handsome, not really, man, but he was uh, a legend. Absolutely. All right, welcome back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, 405-651-3439. The one, the only, Meyer Chevrolet text line. You guys are lighting it up again like you do every day. We appreciate it very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's close it out with some... Uh, Emails in this first hour. We've got Jesse Crittenden coming up next e-mails? hour. Or, I'm sorry, uh, did I say email line or text line? <laughs> you said emails. I did. It's like, I'm Whoa, a, we're back in 2004. I forgot to take my jaratol, man. I, I'm on AOL Online Instant Messenger right now over here, so I'm very confused. Very confused. <laughs> my bad. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Okay. Jay
0: from Medill asks, is Owen Field really torn up or is Tattoo doing Tattoo things?
1: What is tattoo up to? That man has too much time on his hands. But
0: I did see a tweet from Jason Fares, I think late last week, that they were resurfacing Owen Field. So they were pulling okay. up all the turf and reseeding it. So
1: Don't ever doubt the crew there. They're unbelievable. It'll be it will be a masterpiece, an absolute masterpiece by the time they play Arkansas State. Jason Fairs is a master of
0: his craft and a devoted member of the Ref Army.
1: Yes, absolutely, so don't worry about it. And ba- I like Tattoo Baker a lot, by the way, but he does seem to have a lot of extra time to create, which is good, I guess. I would like to have more extra time to create, but I don't. Okay, uh, let's see. What else do we have? If we lose out on Mitchell, says our man Ronnie Crimson, the Bates hate will be transferred to Joe John. I, I, I fear that is true. Ronnie Crimson, yeah. I don't know that he's necessarily the burning bush of recruiting texters, but he's pretty close. Pretty, pretty close. I Yes, I wouldn't disagree with that. Elsewhere on the text line, Brian in Tulsa says, It's okay, Steely, I'll beep you here in a bit on your pager. (laughs) Uh, You know, the pager for me was never a big deal. I think I had one for a while. Never in my life have I seen a pager. What even is a pager? Oh, it was somebody would, like, just text you a – not text you, but page you a message or they would leave their phone number and you would call them back.
0: So, like like (laughs) – Give me some sense of what this looks like visually. What does a pager look like?
1: Um, Just a miniature, not even a phone. It just had a little digital readout on it. It was kind of a square, boxy-looking thing you would attach to your belt or something. By the way— So, a I, primitive cell phone. Yes. Would you—do uh, you remember cell phone holsters? How do you feel about cell phone holster, Guy? Cell phone holsters? You— you may I'm pretty a-
0: sure my grandfather is the only person I've ever seen with a cell phone holster. And that was in his BlackBerry era, which is almost 10 years ago
1: now. The BlackBerry was big for a while, man. It was really Shoot, big. That's more than 10 years ago now. But Dang. that little rolling ball thing was very, very, once that went out, you were in deep trouble. But if you look like you were a serious businessman if you had a BlackBerry back in the day. So. Yeah, I mean, he'd wear the tucked-in polos
0: mm-hmm. with the slacks. So he'd have the belt, and then he'd have the BlackBerry and the and holster. And the holster. Yeah. He yeah, has a little Bluetooth back when Bluetooth was cutting-edge innovation. Oh, talking on,
1: talking on the blue f- in public, that guy might be in the total DB ratings guy on his Bluetooth headset, like in the grocery store somewhere walking around like he's Bobby Axelrod from Billions. <laughs> That guy is right up there in terms of DB ratings. And I'm I'm not talking defensive backs.
0: (laughs) D Choctaw says, Parker, you would know what a pager looked like if you watched a movie every now and then.
1: (laughs) That's probably true. He doesn't have time for movies. The man's doing serious recruiting work 24-7. Jeff in DFW says, is he serious? And this text is in all caps.
0: Is he serious that he has never seen or understands a pager? He is serious. Dead serious, Jeff. He's- Listen, Steely and I, I don't know if you can tell or not, but Steely and I are from different generations.
1: I'm from the prehistoric era, and he's from the current generation. A pager is basically caller ID on your hip. That's a good way to put it, Brian. And Big Rich, it's like a garage door opener, kind of like that size. Yeah, so you, guys, you guys described it much better than I could. Thank you.
0: Okay, so it I'm just trying to... I'm trying to wrap my head around it. So how how is it that you communicate? Let's via say a pager? that because if it isn't
1: a phone, let's say Brandon wanted to get to you, he could on his pager he could send you like his number and say uh, Tatum news or something, a real short message too.
0: Oh, okay. And then you and would then know you, I, I got a call. call yeah, I got to call okay. him immediately. Okay, but how? Okay, more technical questions. Does the pager have a number? Or how does, how does Brandon's pager it's, communicate with my pager? It's been so
1: long ago, I don't know. You're asking me technical questions. I can barely even add and subtract. So somebody help us out with that. Jim in
0: Arlington says, Parker, a pager was a small black device about the size of a garage door opener and had a little green backlit screen. When someone summoned you to call, you get a phone number from someone. Eventually they got a few text messages, but, yeah, that was old school. Yeah. Interesting. So... <laughs> A a cell phone without the capacity to call. Yeah.
1: Jeff and DFW, I'm feeling sick to my stomach and really old, and I'm barely 40. Uh, He's a young pop, Jeff. He is. He's very young. Very young. We're trying to, you know, while he's educating us on the new stuff out there, newfangled technology and whatnot, we're trying to let him know. Back when real men lived and how difficult we had it. All right. It was very tough.
0: Daryl and Tuttle says, yes, the pager had a phone number. So there you go. Yes. Okay.
1: I just don't remember. Yeah, doctors had it for their emergencies. That's, that's true, 310. It's just like the doctor in Caddyshack who got zapped when his pager went off. Can't remember the doctor's name, but he played with uh, Judge Schmills. All right. got to take a break for the top of the hour. We do have Jesse Crittenden on the way on the Riverwind Casino Hotline coming up at 135. That's it right there. Thank you, guys. The uh, ref army coming through on the text line yet again. Thank you to Lasher Home Comfort Systems, our man Tim Lasher and his company. 405-579-3113 for all your heating and air needs. Right now, you need air, lots of cold air. They'll get it done for you at Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We'll be right back. Yes, yes we do. Welcome in. It is hour number two of Steel Man and Thune here on the home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. I've got a lot of stats written down here, some stuff I want to get into here in one second. And again, my uh, handwriting, you know, I'm so old and this really, really bad arthritis. Actually, it's not that bad, but there is some. But it doesn't bother me at all. I can read my own chicken scratch. It's barely legible to the mere mortal. But I am not. I don't need those reading glasses because I know the one and only Dr. Bellardo. And if you're over 40 like me, (laughs) I'm so past 40, it's not even funny. But if you're either... Farsighted or nearsighted, you need to check in. Give my guy, Dr. Bellardo, a call. I've known him for a long time, going back to the early 2000s. Totally trust him and the staff over there. Go check him out. See if you qualify for lens replacement or cataract surgery from the experts right there at Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Dr. B, he's been the man. He's been the Tiger Woods. He's been the Michael Jordan. He has been the leader in vision correction now. For over 20 years, you can call them up at 405-755-7700 for your free consultation from Dr. Bellardo, or you can go online to ALCOK.com, like they always say there at the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. If you want to see far or you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. All right, so I was looking at this. We're going back to the text line. Longhorn fan trying to tell me that uh, Texas is a much better tradition than OU and a much better program. That's how he sounded. Well, ladies and gentlemen, did you know this? Now, last year was six and seven, all right? Six and seven for Oklahoma. Parker Thune, since Bud Wilkinson arrived on campus at the University of Oklahoma, which would be the year 1947, Hard to believe, two years after we won World War II. How many losing seasons do you think the Sooners have had in those 76 years?
0: Well, the thing is, Steely, we were talking about this in the control room before the show, so I know the answer.
1: Oh, that's right. See, I already forgot. Old man memory. It's six years. All right. Six years out of 76, the Sooners have had a losing season. 1960. Later in Bud's career, Bud would be done by 1963. They were three, six, and one. The next year, because we're talking about Brent Venables here, they bounced back in 1961 and they went five and five. because I'm looking at after the losing season, what was the record the next year. So 1960, Bud went three, six and one. 1965, Gomer Jones went three and seven. 1966, the next year, Jim McKinsey, the new coach, went six and four, but he had a heart attack. I mean, who knows what Jim McKenzie might have been able to do at the University of Oklahoma, but tragically he passed away. Jim McKenzie, no Barry Switzer, really, if Jim McKenzie doesn't come to the University of Oklahoma. He was 6-4 and in and 66. Then you had uh, 1996, 1997, 1998. Three years with John Blake, 3-8, and 4-8, and 5-6. and six. Then you had 2022 which was Brent Venable 6-7. So unless I'm wrong, and I could be, but I am seeing six losing seasons in 76 years. That's pretty good. Even Howard went 5-5-1. Five, five and one. Texas, how many would you think that Texas has had since 1947?
0: Well, again, you told me the answer before the show, so I don't know if you want me to I, say. I'm,
1: just a, I'm an idiot. I'm an absolute moron. I'm an absolute moron. Texas has doubled that. They've had 12. 1954, Ed Price, he believe, he he had to have replaced Dana Bible, went uh, 4, 5, and 1. 1956, Ed Price again, 1 and 9. 96, Fred Akers, 5 and 6. 1988, David Mac Williams went 4 and 7. You talk about a country boy. It was David Mac Williams. 1989, 5 and 6, David McWilliams. 1991, 5 and 6. David McWilliams, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, John McAvich went four and seven. Two thousand and ten. Mac Brown went five and seven. Uh, Charlie Strong, six and seven, five and seven, five and seven. Two thousand fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen for Charlie Strong. And in twenty twenty one, Sark went five and seven. So Texas, by my count, has doubled that number. Now, Cherokee
0: Sooner did point out on the text line, Texas does have a better tradition of not (laughs)
1: being back. That's true. That's very true. Very, very true. Oh, man. Patrick, Jimmy Johnson lost five games his first year, and look at the tear he went on at Miami. They were pretty good, man. They were the Sooners' kryptonite back then. I can still remember that Miami team rolling into Norman with Jerome Brown, the late Jerome Brown, who broke Troy Aitman's leg in that game and that man, they were a machine with Vinny. Uh they beat the Sooners that day, of course, with Oklahoma. That led to Jamil Holloway taking over uh the Sooners quarterback position. Troy Aikman ended up at UCLA with Terry Donahue the rest is history. The Sooners uh you know, Miami lost to it was Penn State, right? Shane Collin had the interception. Yes, because they got off the off the off the plane in combat fatigues and everything. And then Joe Pond, Penn State beat them. The Sooners win the national championship, or Joe Pond, or was that the Tennessee year? I'm trying to remember. Anyway, but Miami, man, they were tough. They were like I said, they those speedy linebackers they had, and the great people up front they had. You know, Russell Gary and, um, you know. Um, Maryland, Russell, Maryland. Uh, they were just they were good up front, and they had speed at linebacker, and they were pretty good against the Wishbone. All right, four hundred five six 405-651-3439, Knippelmeier Chevrolet text line. Patrick says Jimmy Johnson
0: lost five games his first year, and look at the tear he went on at Miami. Uh oh, boy, <laughs> from a listener in the four hundred five. This is not a drill, Boomer Doomers are taking over the rival's insider boards. Devon
1: Mitchell is gone. Is that what they're saying? I guess. Now, Devon Mitchell, where's the Michael Hawkins factor here? The Michael Hawkins good buddy factor, if Devon Mitchell ends up at Miami, means that Miami cash means more than friendship.
0: Devon Mitchell is not gone. Let's just kill that misconception right now. Devon Mitchell is not gone. He told a Miami reporter that Miami is his favorite school. If you choose to believe that, okay. I won't begrudge you for believing that. But by the same token, I also am very much of the opinion that that is Devon Mitchell, knowing he's on the record and giving the Miami folks something to run
1: with. It happens still, and it used to be that way, you know, before the internet, back in the days of the covered wagons and the schooners that I grew up in. You know, you could say that, you could say that, you know, that to a reporter, and it wouldn't get out nationally. But if you do it now, clearly, where everybody's connected, you know, it it's out there and people panic about it. But because I always get the sense, and you know, I was using a freaking phone with a cord attached to it to call these high school coaches and interview these recruits back in the day. And they would always kind of tell you. Not what you wanted to hear, but what they thought maybe the people in your audience would want to hear if you are running audio back or doing a report or whatever, which we were. That was, the, uh, that was the situation that you ran into. But again, it wouldn't get out nationally. And if you tell a reporter now, yeah, Miami's my number one, you know, it's getting out. So we'll see. So we don't know how much of that is Devon Mitchell trying to tell the folks there. Yeah, it was great. They're number one right now. You don't know. Uh, Jimmy got his title in 87, beating OU. Yes, I know Guy was alive then, 24 years old. Steve Walsh, right? Was that? It was Walsh, right? Yes, it was Steve Walsh and that Miami team. Who's talking in the hallway? Tell them to simmer down. (laughs) Oh man, from listener in the four oh two, if Joe John
0: misses out on Mitchell and loses a sooner legacy to Iowa State, that's not gonna go well. Well Alexander
1: I, committed to Iowa State, yeah, right? Yeah, Alexander could, to Iowa State. Could they that turn was, that around if the Mitchell deal goes south? Or is it would that be too problematic? Yeah, I, no. I don't I honestly don't feel like
0: they will. So I feel like he's pretty solid. Cooper Alexander
1: to Iowa State. is gonna be the next Charlie Kohler, but at least oh you won't be playing against him.
0: Yeah, and look, that's not akin to the Charlie Kohler situation either, because Oklahoma never offered Charlie Kohler. They just let him go to Iowa State. Yeah, that's true. You're right. OU offered Cooper Alexander, wanted him to come on an official visit, gave him every opportunity to follow in his dad's footsteps and be a Sooner. And at the end of the day, for whatever reasons he has, the kid just preferred to take his official visit to Iowa State and shut things down. And so he's a Cyclone. Mm -hmm.
1: There you go. Well, good for him.
0: You know what? Everybody makes decisions according to their own priorities and desires, and from everything I have been told about this whole deal, this was just a very straightforward call on Cooper Alexander's part. No, Iowa State's been recruiting me uh, the hardest and the longest, and that's where I want to be.
1: If Joe John misses out on Mitchell and loses a Sooner legacy to Iowa State, that's not going to go over well. Yes, that that will be a problem. From the 918, comparing Jimmy Johnson to BV is ludicrous. Well, I mean, it sounds that way now, yes, but when Jimmy Johnson first took over at Miami, does it sound that ludicrous? Sure, if you stack the resumes right now, it appears ludicrous, but not at the same juncture of their career. I mean, Jimmy was a good coach at Oklahoma State. I remember people being surprised that Jimmy Johnson got the job at Miami, right, back in the day. But, yes, I mean, now, yes, when he won three Super Bowl – or Couple Super Bowl rings and also won a national championship in Miami. It looks ridiculous, but Brent Venables was the number one uh, you know, coordinator on the defensive side of the ball in college football. So again, let Brent's story play out. I mean, right now it does look ridiculous, yes.
0: The whole Devon Mitchell situation, by the way, going back to our other main topic of conversation this segment, the whole Devon Mitchell situation perfectly highlights the reality that people will believe what they want to believe. They will believe what confirms the narrative that they have constructed in their head. Because if you're going to declare that Devon Mitchell is gone, based on what he told one singular reporter, then why were you so insistent that Zadavian Sims wasn't coming to Oklahoma, even while he continued to tell Oklahoma reporters that he was coming to OU? Do you believe the kid's word or do you not?
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting, too. It kind of depends on your perspective because I will admit I am a guy that thinks about the worst-case scenario. A panicker? I don't know. Maybe a little bit. But my approach has always been, all right, if you expect kind of the worst-case scenario, don't be, you know, Mr. Doom and Gloom, but then be surprised so you won't be let down. Maybe some people treat it like that. Because if you expect Oklahoma to get every recruit, obviously, it's, you know, it's not going to happen. And, you know, recruiting's a tough business, and it's even crazier now. The Sooners who used to win just on their reputation and their football history are now competing against, you know, schools that are going all in on NIL. And I got to tell you, if I was a kid and I was a five-star and they offered me over a million bucks, I'd probably say, you know, you want me to sing Rocky Top? Okay, I'll do that. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean think about it at that age when you could get life-changing money so anyway all right 405-651-3439 from the 580 highly recruited kids don't like for the general
0: public to know where they're going they love the drama of the surprise announcement if everyone knows where they're going it doesn't get the same amount of publicity they love to throw people off the trail
1: i think there's some truth in that i do i you know tyler from kellyville here's some
0: positivity Mitchell is an OU lock. Sounds like he was just flirting with Miami and likes to be told he's pretty.
1: LOL. There you go. See, Tyler takes a different approach. He's like, no big deal. It's all good. All <laughs> right. Kendall said, did I hear that Trent Alexander's son is going to ISU over OU?
0: Uh, that would be Steven Alexander. Yes. I think Trent Smith and Steven Alexander kind of became one person there for a second. They did. But no. Uh, Coop, uh, Cooper Alexander is the son of former Oklahoma tight end and NFL Pro Bowler. Stephen Allison.
1: Steven was a hell of a player, man. He was highly recruited coming out of Chickasha back in the day, too. All right, got to take a break. When we get back, more texts on the way, 405-651-3439. Recruiting update, Xavier Robinson's decision coming down tomorrow. We'll get into that. We've also got Jesse Crittenden on the way on the Riverwind Casino hotline, 405 329 All of that coming up right here on the home of Sooner fans, the one and only Ref Radio Network. We are back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune here on this Monday. That's one of uh, Kurt Cobain's favorite bands, the Pixies. They influenced him quite a bit. Maybe if they'd have influenced him a little bit more, he might have. Been around past twenty seven, but in that twenty seven club, all right four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine recruiting update again tomorrow Xavier Robinson. It's Oklahoma, Notre Dame, OSU, and Iowa State, but it's really Oklahoma's uh, victory lap tomorrow, more than likely, right? At, for a while, it looked like Notre Dame was pretty pretty serious in the Xavier Robinson sweepstakes, but you think it's Oklahoma tomorrow?
0: I do. And yeah, again, the best way I can describe the arc of that recruitment is that it was all over the place there for a while. But things have really settled down the last couple of weeks, and it seems like Oklahoma is destined to be the pick tomorrow for Xavier Robinson. I don't see any way right now that that goes haywire.
1: Let's talk about some uh, kids who were at other places over the weekend. Uh, we just talked about Devon Mitchell, who's going to make his decision July 8th, and what happened with Miami. He told a Miami reporter right now Miami's his number one. Who knows, you know, if he was just trying to butter up that reporter or not. We'll find out. We'll find out soon. Uh, Caden Durham was at LSU. Terry Bussey, the wide receiver, visited the University of Texas. Uh, Williams Winery was Um, in the state of Georgia it was a family deal right but we think he the Georgia staff would take advantage of that but um, what do we know about any of those situations you did see as you expect to see when you when a kid takes a visit a lot of pictures with prospects and you know with the uniform on we saw that at a Caden Durham you still feel good about Caden Durham to Oklahoma
0: I do I very much do and Look, there are some guys that took their official visit to Oklahoma, and it seems like a long shot that they ever make an appearance in Norman again unless it's in an opposing uniform. For instance, Daniel Cruz, in all likelihood, he's going to be a Texas Longhorn. Caden Massey, sounds like right now that one's coming down to Kansas State and Nebraska. Um,
1: but Matt Rule's doing some things, he, isn't he? He is doing
0: some things, man. and. If you pay attention to his recruiting philosophy in year one, it's interesting because basically he has he's done the exact opposite of everything that Scott Frost did at Nebraska, which I think is a good thing, and it's a wise thing. And that starts with simply finding kids that want to be Huskers. Scott Frost, when he took that Nebraska job, instantly his rationale was, oh, we're going to make Nebraska sexy again. We're going to... Get guys from all over the country that want to come play at Nebraska and be part of this new – and that wasn't realistic because of how long that program had been down at that point in time. And Frost proceeded to sink Nebraska even lower over the next four years, lower than they've ever been as a program. And so what Rule has done is, A, he has placed a great emphasis on locking down anybody from that Nebraska, eastern Iowa, central to northern Kansas – Uh, Kansas City, Missouri area, basically anybody within a 250-mile radius from Lincoln, he has placed a high emphasis on recruiting and pursuing, and he's also been willing to take commitments from and give official visits to and generally prioritize players that other schools might not view as scholarship caliber, at least not at this juncture. So, for instance, you look at... Their commit list right now, you'll see a bunch of guys that, to be honest, aren't even in mid three-star territory, that are low three-star guys, but that are guys that just wanted to jump on board early with Nebraska. And so, I obviously I have no idea how things are going to go for rule in 2023, but when you build your nucleus around guys that want to wear the scarlet and cream, then that's potentially where you have a recipe for success if your scheme and your culture take root. And so, yeah, I, I'm encouraged by what Rule has been able to accomplish in year one, well, not even year one, off-season one at Nebraska, but now it comes down to can you go win on the football field because all of it's irrelevant if you don't win at a place like Nebraska. Um, <laughs> Big Bad Wolf says, I'll be keeping the receipt. Parker says X is destined to happen. Yes, I fully expect Xavier Robinson to be a sooner tomorrow. From the nine one eight chances, we land both Durham and Tatum. Very good chance right now, I would say. That I'm actually
1: that's three running backs. Even though Robinson could be you know an H back as we talked about, but that's that would be a heck of a trio to get in one class.
0: From the four one seven, if OU lands Noinari Stone, Bussy Tatum Smith, Bricks Durham Bowen and Robinson, they'd be ranked second with 274.66 in the 24-7 sports composite in front of Michigan with their 22 commits while OU would only have 17 commits. Am I wrong, or does it appear that OU leads for all nine? That comes from Boomer Brady in Missouri. Yeah, I think Oklahoma leads right now for all nine of those guys. Do I think Terry Bussey ends up in the class? Gun to my head, no, I do not. Longhorn? Longhorn or Aggie But I've got Crystal Balls in for the other eight Or not Crystal Balls, Future Casts I guess
1: So we're talking about Winery, David Stone uh, Taylor Tatum, Grant Bricks Isn't that the kid's name? Uh, From Iowa, yes Yeah, um, yeah, that would be He's obviously done the class calculator thing So uh, That's interesting If you get eight of the nine, that's pretty good Good text message from the 417 there in Missouri. Good stuff. Oh boy, here we go.
0: From the 817. Offensive line recruiting looks like a hot mess right now. Convince me I'm wrong. Okay, I'll convince you you're wrong. You have a four star commit already in Isaiah Autry. Mm-hmm. You're in very good shape with a couple other four star guys in Casey Poe and Grant Bricks. It is an OU UCF battle right now. For Eddie Pierre-Louis, you'd favor OU in that one, naturally. And if that's your four, that's a really good class. In fact, that's the best offensive line class Oklahoma has signed in years, if that's the case. When was the last time Oklahoma had four blue-chip commits in the same class on the offensive line? Off the top of my head, it wasn't 23. They had two. In Caden Green and Logan Howland, uh, Josh Bates was fringe. Anyway you slice it, they didn't have four. They had at most three. It wasn't 2022. They only had two commits total on the offensive line in that class. It wasn't 2021. I want to say they only took Cullen. Mo- was Cullen Montgomery the only offensive line commit? It might have been. No, there was there was one other one. I can't remember who. Uh, Savion Bird. Savion it. Bird. Yeah, there you go. go. Savion Bird it was Savion Bird and Cole Montgomery. So, you got to go back to at least 2020 and off the top of my head I know they signed Nate Anderson and Andrew Rain both of whom are four-star kids in 2020, 2020 or 20 a lot of 20s happening. I feel like my tongue just got caught in, in an endless loop of 20 right there. 2020, 20 20 20 20 20 20 20. But I you have to at least go back to 2020 to find a comparable haul if those are the four that Oklahoma end up with.
1: There you go. All right, we got a break here real quick. We've got Jesse Crittenden coming up. I like that camo sooner. I like it a lot. By the way, I don't know why I want a lineman by the name of Eddie Pierre Louis. I don't need some Frenchman up there trying to block for stuff and croissants <laughs> in his breeches and waving a white flag against Texas, If you know what I mean. No Frenchman for me. Can I interest you in a brick wall? <laughs> there you go. Yes, that sounds much better. All right, we'll break right here. And uh, once again, we're coming back. Riverwind Casino Hotline. It will be Jesse Crittenden. And what else are we going to talk about? Sooner football, right? Let's do it. Next. Riverwind Casino Hotline featuring the one and only Jesse Crittenden uh, joining us right now. OU Insider Rivals Network. Jesse, how we doing on this Monday?
2: it's getting it's getting it's good man it's getting a little hot outside uh oh, this I, week's
1: going to be ridiculous. What did I see uh, like 105 and then 107 like Wednesday and Thursday I think? Yeah, miss me with that. Uh, not cool. Not cool at all. Not good. So, Jesse, did you did you vote in the uh preseason Big 12 media poll?
2: No, I ha- I did not vote in that.
1: How do you think that poll is going to look say who do you think the media will pick as their top five
2: yeah i'm i'm curious about how that's going to shake out too because i mean i think there are i think there are a lot of teams that it's that it's really tough to gauge how, i mean what the expectations should be in 2023 i mean even look at last year with a team like baylor who was coming off a a championship you know a big 12 championship they won you know they won the sugar bowl uh, went into last season as the preseason favorite to to win the Big 12 and finish sixth. So I, I think it is tough to gauge. Now you've got four new teams on top of that. But I think I think that you know trying to make a prediction now. I think the top five is going to feature some sort of combination of Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas State, TCU, and ah, man, may, maybe Oklahoma State. Sneaks in there. That that's probably a, a tentative top five. We
1: threw Tech in there, there as the five team.
2: Okay, no, I could uh, Texas Tech ended really good last season. I think uh, that's a that's a fair one.
1: Yeah, it, it's interesting, and I'll jump in and ask one more. I'm, I just violated our uh, order here. My apologies to uh, the one and only Parker Thum, but uh, don't you think TCU? To me, I think it's going to be Texas one, K State two, uh, and. I don't know. I'm looking at it only because Texas plays Kansas State at home. I think there'll be a lot of, you know, positive thoughts still about TCU, even though they lost a ton. Um, but I think just the memory of them having that season and then OU being 6-7, and seven, I, I think it might be Texas 1, K-State 2, TCU 3, OU 4, Tech 5. And OSU is going to be very interesting to see. Just when you think Mike Gundy is like, man, they're trending downward. Mike Gundy usually pulls, uh, you know, a a rabbit out of the hat here and there. But it's going to be a fascinating year in the Big 12. Um, Oklahoma's schedule, though, Jesse, I mean, I really look at it and I'm like, man, you better at least get to nine wins. And even nine wins, I think maybe 75% of the OU fans would be disappointed even with nine because that schedule is tailor-made for Oklahoma to have a real bounce back.
2: Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I think you know there were there were a lot of unknowns, and you know, and how the schedule was going to shake out with four new teams coming in. Obviously, you you move away from you know facing the other nine teams in the Big Twelve to having to incorporate four more. But yeah, no, I agree with you. And I actually I I made a prediction a few weeks ago. I I think the path is there for OU to hit ten wins in the regular season. And I, and I really don't know. How controversial that is. I mean, you know, they get three of the new teams, um, you know, but I mean, it's I, I, I don't think I don't think any of those opponents uh, should necessarily be tough ones for OU. They avoid Kansas State, who I think was going to be a really tough matchup for them this year. Uh, you know, I, so, I mean, obviously there's still going to be some tough games on the schedule. Obviously with Texas, they go to Oklahoma State. It, you know, what should be a a, a pretty emotional matchup but I mean yeah you've got Iowa State on the schedule uh, you've got Kansas on the schedule West Virginia on the schedule uh, you know I think I think OU's schedule is pretty favorable you know and again I think I think it'd be hard to predict exactly what's going to happen after coming off a six and seventh season but I think the path is absolutely there for 10 wins and, I, and I, I agree with you I think I think if they don't get to nine I think that would be considered a disappointment
0: Jesse looking across the landscape of this big 12 and the four new teams in the mix: BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and of course the University of Houston. If I, I know we've kind of broached this conversation in the past, but if there is a newcomer in the Big Twelve that makes some noise this year, who do you think that is, and why?
2: Yeah, that's a. I was I was actually going through um, all four of the new teams a little bit ago, just kind of trying to see. I mean, what did they look like last year? How'd they do against their schedules? I think all four teams, you know, are, are pretty interesting in terms of it. I think it's hard to, to nail down exactly what to expect. I mean, UCF, you know, went 9-5 and five last season. Obviously, Cincinnati a couple of seasons ago went to the Big 12 playoff, uh, finished with nine wins last season. Uh, BYU finished with eight wins last season, 10-11 and 11, the two years before. You know, I, I, think, I think it is going to be interesting to see how they, how they stack up with the rest of the conference. Having said that, I think I think Cincinnati um, is a pretty interesting, is a pretty intriguing team to see. I mean, I think that's the team out of the four probably heading into this upcoming season that I'm looking at the most to maybe make some noise. Obviously, OU's got to play Cincinnati at Cincinnati to open the Big 12 schedule. I think that that game is sneakily a pretty interesting one for OU. Um, to open the Big 12 schedule that way. So I I really think there's potential for all four of these teams to make some noise. I'm I'm not necessarily saying uh, I expect any of them to win the Big 12, but I think they could all make some noise. But I think Cincinnati is a team that that has some momentum. Obviously last season was a little bit of a drop-off from 2021, but I expect them to be pretty good next season. And I think we're going to find out pretty quickly. Um, how how all four of these teams are going to fare in the Big 12 this coming season.
1: It'll be interesting without Luke Fickle there, obviously, on to Wisconsin, but uh, that game will be at Nippert Stadium. You know, they'll be fired up to uh, to see the Sooners roll into town. And, again, uh, we'll, we'll find out. All right, Jesse Crittenden joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Um, is there any other headline? Like, what is the headline to you outside of, obviously, the Sooners and uh, – the Longhorns last year in the Big 12. What's the other storyline to you, in terms of um, the Big 12 football season this fall?
2: Yeah, I think looking from an outside uh, Oklahoma perspective, it's kind of related uh, to what you said about OU and Texas. Obviously, this being their last year in the Big 12. I think I'm curious. To, I mean, I think this year is an, is a pretty important year in trying to establish who's going to kind of fill the vacuum from OU and o, OU and Texas's departure. I think this is a pretty big opportunity um, for the other 12 teams in the Big 12 to kind of establish themselves as, you know, the dominant team or one of the big teams once OU and Texas leaves. I mean, obviously OU – you know, OU and Texas, particularly OU, are going to leave a massive vacuum at the top. I mean, OU has dominated the conference, um, you know, for more than 20 years. Obviously Texas gets a lot of the – you know, usually leads the recruiting rankings almost every year. So I think – you know, not only is it is it – you know, can Oklahoma State make a play this season, particularly after a disappointing last year? I mean, I think Oklahoma State in a lot of ways should be the team that kind of asserts themselves at the top of the conference. But, you know, is it somebody like Baylor who won the conference two seasons ago? Is it someone like Kansas State who all of a sudden has a lot of momentum, is coming off a really good year last season? Is it TCU, a team that made it all the way to the title game? Uh, But, you know, obviously lost some players during the offseason. Is it one of these four new teams? I think it's going to be really interesting. Now, obviously, OU is going to have bigger fish to fry once they get to the SEC. But I think it's going to be interesting to see what teams outside of them uh, maybe make a run or make a name for themselves and, and establish themselves as the marquee team in the Big 12 once OU and Texas are gone.
0: Jesse, I'm going to give you the first half of a sentence. You give me the second half, all right? OU wins the Big 12
2: if... If the defense can improve from last season, I think that's I think that's the main thing. And that sounds obvious, but uh, you know, you you look at last season when OU lost so many close games. Maybe that's another way to answer that question too. Can they win close games like they were unable to last year? But they lost so many games by single-digit points, particularly late in the year. And I think a big reason for that was the defense. So. You know, I think the optimistic point of view is to say, hey, you know, if OU gets a few of those closer games from last year, the season looks totally different. But heading into this season, I expect the offense to be better, but I think none of that's going to matter if the defense plays as poor as it did last season. So I think if the defense can make – I don't think they have to go from bad to amazing, but I think if if Brent Vittables can establish this defense as a good defense, they can incorporate some of these new guys into the defense and play better, I think I think a path, at least to the Big 12 title game, is more than attainable for this team.
1: Jesse, good stuff. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate you
2: guys having me Jesse on. Jesse
1: Crittenden joining us. Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, over 2,800 right. electronic games. They're approaching 3,000 now. All the best electronic games. Anything you're looking for, you're going to find. All your favorite table games are there as well. Newly revamped gaming floor. It looks fantastic. The renovations are Pretty much complete. There are just a few couple small things they've got to finish up on. But if you haven't been out and seen the new look uh, Riverwind gaming floor and just what it looks like now, it's unbelievable. The food court, they've got big screen TVs all around the food court where you won't miss the game. It is amazing. Get out and see the newly renovated Riverwind Casino. They always are going to have the best bars and dining as well. The best promotions, like the New Member Seven uh, contest, which really isn't a contest. It's basically you picking up a Riverwind Wild Card, and you have a chance to win four hundred fifty dollars in one day by playing with your new Riverwind Wild Card. Won't cost you a dime. You can upgrade it if you want to, but just getting a Riverwind Wild Card will make you eligible for all kinds of promotions and cash and bonus play and prizes. They do and all these incredible promotions they have every month. And of course, we had the showplace. Theater back last Friday. Great show from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Next up, Collective Soul, July 21st, and then Josh Turner, July 28th. The Counting Crows, August 25th. Get your tickets online at Riverwind.com or at the Showplace Theater box office. And next up, Beats and Bites-wise, Mark Chestnut on the Beats and Bites stage outdoors on the Coupel Works Beats and Bites stage at Riverwind Casino. Mark Chestnut with Shannon Doe and Tracy Byrd. Outdoors, great fireworks display to follow. It's going to be an incredible night, July 8th. Tickets for that show are only 10 bucks. Kids under 12 get in free. Get your tickets there at Riverwind.com or, again, at the casino box office. All right, we'll take a break, come back, get some more texts in before we get out of here. 405-651-3439. They are rolling in as we speak on the uh, Meyer Chevrolet text line. Keep it here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, one more segment. We will get locked in coming up with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas at the top of the hour. A lot more recruiting information. We've covered a bunch of it, but they'll uh, do even more end-up stuff during the next 60 minutes uh, with locked in at the top of the hour. Uh, Parker didn't hear the uh, Trent Dilfer comment over the weekend. I believe this might have been aimed at Mule Shoe, We're certainly the Mule Shoes of the world. Trent Dilfer, who won a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens, was that the two? Uh, well, the Baltimore Ravens won, won a Super
0: Bowl with Tw- with Trent Dilfer. Is more that's accurate. true. That's a more In spite of, of Trent
1: Dilfer. Yes, but uh, again, the who the Buccaneers went with Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. Yeah. So, Brad Johnson. Anyway, Trent Dilfer is the coach at UAB now. He hasn't been a head coach before. He's at. He'll be at UAB. This will be his first season. And uh, he was on a podcast over the weekend and said he's going to do everything uh, he can to protect his players from like the mule shoes of the world. By the way, come try to get my guys. Right. Like, come, cu- I dare you,
2: Power <laughs> Fives. I got a
0: pretty, pretty big platform that I can step on. Yeah. And if I find you in my kids' DMs, and if I find you talking to high school coaches about my kids, if you're in my roster, I'm going to call your ass out. I'm going to say it by name. To the biggest voices in television today, and it's gonna make game day, and it's gonna make Sports Center. It's gonna make, because by the way, those guys running Sports Center are still my friends. That's right, I still got their soul. So go ahead, I (laughs) dare you to jump into my roster. And I told the American coach the same thing. I said, Why don't you guys have the you know what's to stand up and say, Get out of my roster? Right. I said, Here's why, because you want their job. Oh, I want You said it. I want this job. That's right. I don't want no power. I want this job. I want to live in Birmingham. I want to live downtown. I want to go see my grandson
1: in Nashville. I don't want that other job. So I don't care if you blackball me. There you go, Trent Dilfer. Parker, what do you think? That is your first hearing of the Trent Dilfer sound clip from this weekend.
0: Well, I mean, look, it's a nice sentiment. But at the end of the day... He's going to have to cultivate a roster that's worth anything before P5 coaches are going to try to poach guys from it. So, look, I... Again, like, it's a nice quote to have on the wall or to have on a social media graphic or something. But let's see how that comment ages. Because Trent Dilfer has never been a coach at the collegiate level before. He's been a high school coach. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he won a Super Bowl as a player. Right. He's never been a college coach before. So... Yeah, he's, he's talking a big game to the Jimbo Fishers and Mule Shoes and Mario Cristobals of the Power Five Sphere. But wouldn't you but like to see him
1: body slam Mule Shoe?
0: Oh, no doubt. I feel like most in this state, honestly most in this country, would pay good
1: money to watch Mule Shoe get body slammed <laughs> by anyone. Well, Kyle Whittingham did it twice. So did Cam Rising. They pretty much body slammed him, right? And his own, of course, he really gets body slammed a lot by Alex Grinch, but that's his own fault, pretty much. All right, 405-651-3439 on the Meyer Chevrolet text line. The Ref Army is doing it doing it and doing it well. Again, it's unbelievable. From a listener in the 405, welcome to college football, Dilfer. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. That's the new
0: normal. Look, you have... You have a G five program that wins and has success, and obviously we don't know if that's going to happen or not at UAB yet. But let's say it does. Yeah, there will be P five coaches tampering with Dilfer's players. Let's there say now,
1: yes. Let's say you're a semi handsome man. You're like a uh, you know, but you know Brad Pitt or Ryan Gosling or whoever the ladies love these days, and you finally get a five star recruit, right? You're a a halfway handsome man. You win with personality and everything. And then you've got these swab dudes coming after that five-star with all their money. That's basically what you're facing if you're at a G5 school. You're you're the nerd who got the five-star, you know, super hot babe, but... You all got her these, while she
0: still had braces and was in high school all of in these, the uncool yep, crowd.
1: That's right, and all of these slick GQ models with the thick wallets are coming after her. So get ready. That's Ohio how-
0: sooner said Trent Dilfer is like 64240. There'd be a, there'd be a crater where
1: Mule Shoe once stood. Oh, that would be nice. National <laughs> landmark where Mule Shoe was cratered. Just a sign. <laughs> the Mule Shoe cratering. <laughs> Oh, Coy says, "Wait, hold on. How is he going to know if
0: coaches are trying to get his players? Because I thought coaches can't go through players' phones." And that's a that that that's another angle to it all. Let's just say Trent Dilfer has a really good player, but there are P five coaches trying to induce said player to transfer. You really think that player, if he has half a mind to transfer out, is going to go to Trent? He's going to walk into Trent Dilfer's office and be like. Hey, I've been talking to this coach. They want me to go play for them, so I'm leaving. No, he's gonna come up with some excuse. I need to be closer to family. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I feel like I'm, I, I feel like I've reached the end of my journey here at UAB. It's time for the next step. They're gonna come up with some. They're not gonna walk into Trent Dilfer's office and be like, "Hey, uh, thanks for everything you've done for me, but Lincoln Riley wants me, so I'm leaving."
1: You know what we need at the next WrestleMania? And I'm not even a wrestling fan, but you know what we need to do. We need to get Trent Dilfer and Pat Narduzzi against Shoe and Brian Kelly, a tag team event. And at the end of that event, Shoe and Brian Kelly, although better coaches, would be on the canvas, battered and bloody afterwards, just lying there unconscious. It would be awesome.
0: I don't even know if Dilfer would need Narduzzi.
1: I think no, was strong enough and good Narduzzi enough shape piece, take both those guys. Narduzzi wants a piece of mule suit, too. And Brian Kelly, he'd try and come in. He could use his Southern accent and come in as Cajun man or whatever <laughs> and just get destroyed, too. That'd be fun. Okay, we got to get out of here. Riverwind Casino, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Get out there and check out the newly renovated Riverwind Casino. It is Awesome. And thanks to Dr. Bellardo and the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center, plus Lasher Home Comfort Systems, four zero five five seven nine thirty one thirteen. Let's get locked in. Up next, right here on the Ref.